I'm the mom of a recovering addict, and we've been through opioids to heroin to meth and uh, guardianship of their children that, who are now 15 and 10. And so we've, we've seen them grow up and um, had to had to find help for ourselves because our friends just didn't understand. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what that journey was like. And one thing that moms can do that can help them heal. The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narconon Ojai. Hello, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and this is episode number 182. We are into our fourth year of podcasting on a weekly basis, and it is our hope that we give hope and help to people who need it. This addiction pandemic is not going away. When the COVID virus is a memory, there still will be an addiction pandemic. So we are hoping that we can give you a message of hope and help. When a person is addicted to drugs and or alcohol, the myriad of choices of treatments can be overwhelming. Narconon Ojai is a proven residential treatment facility that addresses the physical, mental, and spiritual aspects of addiction with an evidence-based step-by-step program designed to free those trapped by addiction. For more information, call 866-231-5924. Today we have an interview with a mother, and the good news is that this mother's son is still alive. He did not die from his addiction. Our interview today is with Michelle Weidenbenner, She was a novelist and best-selling author until addiction gripped her family by the neck and shook the life out of her. Her son was addicted. He was emaciated, jobless, homeless, and zombie-like. She went from living the life she'd always dreamed of, writing, playing golf and pickleball, and traveling with her retired husband, to the mom of an addict and the guardian of his two children. Talk about a major life change. She went from doing what she wanted to disciplining children, homeschooling, and carpooling to sports events again. She also spent years wondering if she'd get that call, the call to inform her that her son was gone. Now that her son is recovering, she is helping other moms. She wrote the book, Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery, for these moms to use as a guide. Without further ado, let's talk to Michelle Weidenbenner. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's totally my pleasure. Awesome. Now, you have kind of a different story. Typically, when I'm talking to uh, most of the interviews we do are with recovered addicts. And so I ask them, how did they get started with drugs? But you have a different story because, in fact, you you aren't the addict. Your son is the addict. So what happened with him? How did that come about? Well, I think um, initially he's he's 39 next week. So it's been a long journey. But initially, you know, as a teenager, we used to just think, oh, he's just partying. It's just a stage. Um, he'll grow out of it. Um, always made him take responsibility for his actions. But um, I don't know how 
it just over the years he got married and then um, had an injury so he got on opioids and found wow I can really do a lot of this drug and so after detoxing from that then it was heroin then it was meth but um, he's about 20 months into recovery now wow. so he and his wife they were both it's been a really long journey yeah now did she did she have an injury as well or was she into some other kind of addiction how how did that or were they how did that come about it's always it's always hard to know um where their point was but for her i think she suffered some childhood trauma and maybe had um alcohol issues early on and again i think that we just thought oh you know they're just young they're partying but then she became more depressed, couldn't wake up in the morning, couldn't get the kids to school, um, couldn't remember things. And so then we started noticing more and more of a problem. So I see. So your son is uh, 20 months sober, which is quite an accomplishment. I, you know, I've had people with different lengths of sobriety, but it's one day at a time. And that is an accomplishment. So tell him from me, well done. Oh. Oh, that's so nice of you to say that. Yes, thank you. Well, um, well it's not easy. I, I, no. that, that's one thing I know. I'm not a former addict, but I know from all of the people that I've spoken to, it's not easy. And you do, you take it one day at a time. And, and I think when you deal with a mental health disorder too, so often there's a dual diagnosis. So you're battling with two separate things and both are such stigma related that um, nobody really wants to admit that there's other issues because they're embarrassed or the family doesn't want them to talk about it. And so then, you know, it becomes even more difficult to, you know, get well and stay well. But I think, I feel like both of, you know, our son and his wife are really committed now. Um, they, they're slowly transitioning and seeing their children. The girls spent the weekend with them this weekend. It was the first time in so long. Mm. So it was fair. They, you know, they, their daughters are 10 and 15 and we've been, had guardianship of them for, um, I don't know, about three, three years, but they've been in and out of our lives at different times during different crises, right? Right. So. Right. So, you, so your son and his wife are still married. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, your story is one that we don't hear very often because, but we've talked about it a lot, and that is the effect on the family uh, when someone is addicted, because you ended up with kids again. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you think, oh, great, we just worked and we're going to retire and we're going to have this great life. And then it's like, wait a minute, now we have to, well, you know, early on when Addie, the youngest, she was two and we were, or actually she learned how to walk with us um, for a couple months. You know, she was, they've just been in and out of our lives. And so you go through the toilet training and then the preschool and the school. And now I've got the oldest one driving um, and e-learning and uh, we tried we tried to go to florida one year well we did go to florida one year and homeschooled them because we were like you know what 
we're not going to stay here in the winter. We're going to go to Florida. So you just kind of, um, yeah, you just look at your life and you're like, wow, I never expected this. But, and I, I say this to all parents is that you always finding the gratitude and the blessings is what keeps you going. It's, it's like what keeps you out of being stuck in the mud. Um, and I know like for your, I love that, the point of no return from your podcast. And I think about that for moms or any parents of addicted loved ones. Like, what is that moment where you think, I am not going to enable, I'm not going to give them excuses, I'm not going to make excuses. When, when is that? Um, and for, for me, you know, I can only speak from a mom's point of view. Um, my point of no return was when I would lay awake at night and think that they were dead. I would hear a siren. I would jump at every text. My heart was always racing. And I went to see my primary care doctor and she's like, Michelle, you gotta, you gotta get a grip here because it's a, it'll affect all your health. This is how cancers grow. This is how heart disease happens. And, you know, I, I, but when you're in it as a mom, you just want to do everything for your child, but yet it's counterintuitive to addiction. You, you have to let go, right? You have to detach with love and, and knowing it's kind of like, well, wait a minute, aren't those two words so different? Like, how can I let go, but still love, right? And so um, for me, it was going out then and educating myself and finding support and going to my counselor so I could just spew, you know, and then walk out and say, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but because we can't change them, we can only change our responses to them. That's right. And, and so that's for me. Um, and, and at that point, they were they were just emaciated. They, they looked like they were going to die any minute. And, um, and they had kids then like the kids were there. Well, even no. Okay. So at that point we had the kids. So that was the, my husband seemed to be coping because at least we had the grandchildren because prior to that, when they're using and they have their children, you live in fear that your grandkids are, are going to die in a car accident of neglect. And it wasn't until we actually got guardianship that one of the younger ones, um, teachers called me and she knew me, but she said, I couldn't call you because of privacy issues. Right. And, um, that, you know, once, once she knew I had guardianship, she could say, I called child protective services, but there was nothing they could do because it, the child was neglected, not, you know, abused physically. Got it. So, so that was probably, I'm um, without putting words in your mouth, I'm thinking that was probably part of your point of no return is maybe realizing that you were going to have to take responsibility for the kids. Is that accurate? I think, yeah. At that point, um, my husband was still employed. He was, he was still working. And I think at that point in my journey, I never thought about my own needs. Like it was all about making, being an advocate for them and keeping them safe. It wasn't, it wasn't that 
I was trying to say, well, you're not parenting your children well. No addict can really parent their children well. No. And, and when, when we finally had guardianship, I said to my daughter-in-law, I, I know this is so hard. I don't expect you to understand yet. But I said, one day you're going to thank me. And she has. Oh, good. But not in that moment. No, no. Because I would imagine you had it was. Well, I would think it was probably a little ugly to go through. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And that's it's just not something that people think about as regards addiction. Like, how does it affect the parents? How does it affect the kids? How does it affect, you know, the grandkids? There's just, there's just a lot of different dynamics. Yes. Dynamics. Exactly. But one thing, one thing I noticed is, uh, I had a, I had a friend locally and she was on her phone and she was on find friends. You know what that is? It's an app that you can go to and you can find your kids and they're, it's an app so that you can locate anybody who is a part of your family if they are on your app. So this mother had a 25 year old son in Chicago working and he was well adjusted, never had any addiction issues. And she said, I just look every night on my phone on find friends to make sure he's safe in his apartment. And I thought, wow, really? And, and I thought about moms cause I, I try to minister to these moms too, of moms of addicts and, and we try not to do that so that we can separate our life and be who God created us to be instead of always worrying about where they are because we aren't in control of that. And so the point I'm making is that oftentimes, you know, I feel like moms of addicted loved ones are so scrutinized, like, well, quit enabling, you know, quit, quit making excuses, you know, you just make it worse. But I think moms just by, I guess, maternal instincts, do these things. It doesn't matter if they're addicted or not. This mom who had her son on Fine Friends, my goodness, I'd be like, woohoo, he's, he's in great shape. Like, why are you worrying about that? But um, I just think a lot of moms have difficulty letting go. But I, I agree with you. And I love the title of your book, Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up. And I think that's that fine line. Um, we had a mom on, oh, way back early on in the podcast, and she did not, she didn't see that her son was addicted, her husband did, but they contacted a mentoring group. Have you, you've heard of Learn to Cope? Have I you have not. Okay, it's Learn, the number two, Cope, and they are simply a mentoring organization, and so they contacted this group, and they basically they said to her you're enabling your son until you stop enabling him he's not going to get better you are listening to the addiction podcast point of no return for more information on the podcast or to reach out if you have a story you would like to share with us go to our facebook page by the same name or you can email us at the addiction podcast at yahoo.com or go to our website theaddictionpodcast.com or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. 
For more information on our sponsor, Narcanon Ojai, visit their website at narcanonojai.org. That's N-A-R-C-O-N-O-N-O-J-A-I.org. Or call 1-866-231-5924. That's 1-866-231-5924. Sometimes, the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-833-918-0008 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. And I, I just think it's that fine line. And I want you to talk more about that, about what does it mean to let go and not give up? What does it mean? How do you explain that to moms? Well, I, I, am, I sit in a space where if, if moms are so obsessed and consumed with worrying and paying attention to all the chaos and being a part of that and playing the role in that, they can't embrace who they are and what their passions are. And so it kind of stymies them into this growth and, or or stymies them so they can't grow and they can't, I'm like, well, if more moms can realize that they can't cure it. They can't control it. They didn't, you know, all the C's, you know, they didn't choose this for their child, but they can love them with empathy and then empower them to help themselves. Then they're free to continue to be who God created them to be. And if I can, you know, my whole thing is let's go moms. Come on. We're going to be mighty moms. And if we can get strong and recover, then we can go out there and change the stigma. We can do things in our communities to bring awareness, to help others. There's so many different pieces of the addiction cycle and the problem, the epidemic, that um, I just feel like if, if we can get healthy, then we can make a difference. I think that's, I think, I think that's huge. I think you make a super duper good point there that so often it, moms can get so wrapped up in what's going on with their kids that you have to stand back. I mean, <clears throat> even in, a, in the case of addiction, you have to stand back. You can't be with them 24-7. You can't, you know, be in their ear and, and tell them 24-7, don't take that next pill, don't do that next shoot, shooting up. You can't do that. And if you... I would just imagine, because I think, because one of the things I, you said in, in what I wrote, or I'm sorry, what I was, <laughs> what I printed off of your email and off the internet is that you said, if moms can recover, their addicted children will notice the difference. And I think that that's true, because I think oftentimes there is, 
for the addicted person as well. There's a lot of guilt wrapped up in that on what they're doing to their loved ones. And I think, anyway, that may sound a little bit convoluted, but it makes sense to me. (laughs) Probably because you're a mother. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I, I don't, I don't know if this is a good time to tell you something. I, I wanted to share something because one of the things I think that can help moms heal or, and dads too, but I, I sit in the space with, because I'm a mom that I just kind of approach it from that. That's kind of my space. Um, I'm comfortable there because I think a lot of dads and just handle it differently. Not that it's wrong. It's just different, but, um, one of the things that can really help moms is to talk to recovering addicts, because if, if she can go to them and say, you know, what did your mom do that you loved while you were using, or was there anything that your mom didn't do? Right. And I went to these, I went to, I think like five, seven um, recovering addicts. And I asked them the question, if you had died in active addiction, what would you want your mom to know like what and and I'm always curious because they're on the other side they're not when they're in active addiction their brains are so diseased that they're illogical all their logic is upside down it's lethal illogic is what I call it and so they don't make sense and you you can't try to reason with somebody in active addiction but once they're on the other side they can tell you. And so many times they'll say, well, um, it was the day my mom said no to no more this or no more that, that I finally realized that I was the only one in control of my destiny, of my future, and that it was up to me. And so, um, but I, I don't know, can I read a few yes, of these? Yes, please, please. So, I, because I think they're healing. So, Um, Again, the question was, if you had died in active addiction, what would you want your mom to know? One man said, I wish I would have gotten help sooner. I'm sorry, it wasn't your fault, mom. There was nothing you could have done. This was my stubbornness to not get help sooner. I love you. Please know I'm in a better place. This isn't goodbye. It's see you later in a place where there is no such thing as addiction. So... Yeah, I get a little emotional reading. Um, One woman said, it wasn't your fault, mom. You couldn't have saved me. And I'm sorry I wasn't strong enough to save myself or ask for the help that could have saved me. Please don't remember me as that person I was then. That wasn't me. Um, this, This young lady said, I know my mom had planned my funeral and it broke my heart when I heard that. She heard that after she was clean. Wow. She said, well, while I was using, I prayed every night that I would die. I wanted to be put out of my misery. I know my mom said that she was at peace with the thought of me dying because she knew since I was saved that I would go to heaven and she would laugh at Satan because he thought he had me, but he only did here on earth because if I was going to die, I would have been God's. So that's something, I guess, that could comfort some parents. But if I were to die, and if I could say anything, I'd want my mom to know that it's not her fault I turned out this way, and that I never stopped loving her and wanting to be a good child in her eyes. Um, Let's see. 
Those are those are hard to hear, but I'm hoping that if I if we have moms who are listening, that that they can get that because I think that those messages are important. But keep going. Um, this one this one is good because I I want to talk about something he says in this. Um, he said, "So had I died from disease." from addiction, I would want my mom to know that first and foremost, I love her. And I know there was nothing she could have done to prevent me losing my battle. I would want her to know that I'm finally at peace. I'm no longer living a miserable, horrible life. I don't have to suffer through every day anymore. And my death wouldn't have to be useless because my story that she can share could help save someone's life. I would want her to be outspoken much like she is. I would want her to spread awareness much like she is. And I would want her to finally be able to sleep at night and find peace because I am no longer suffering. I would want her to be doing exactly what she's doing now, working to be support for other moms because just dealing with it on her own or trying to bury it would ruin her own serenity. That sounds like your son. It does, but it's not. It's not my son. It's the same, um, same kind of message because you're doing a lot to help moms. Well, what's, yeah, I thought about that as I was reading it. But what, what I have found with moms, and it's just my own like psycho whatever, I feel like their moms are in four stages of recovery. You know, the mom that is still learning how to cope with what's going on all the way to the fourth stage where the mom is still grieving, right, because... Um, maybe her child is in recovery, but she still has a loss of dreams for that child, right? But in the fourth stage, which, which is where I want to get moms, is where they can be outspoken about this, where they can go out and help and be make a difference, right? And so um, I just noticed that in reading that. Like, I love that stage, and that's kind of where I want all moms to recapture themselves so they can become these mighty moms, right? Yep. It's a good goal. I like it. <laughs> I, I like it. I, you know, we've had um, moms and wives on the podcast who have lost their loved ones to addiction, and we that's really one of the main reasons why we do this is because we just don't want anybody else to suffer that kind of loss again. It's just, I can't begin to fathom how that would feel, but you're talking a lot to moms whose kids are going through it or the kids have come out the other side and that's hope. And that hopefully can give hope to the moms who are listening, you know? Yeah, it can happen. Yes, it can. But it's, it's like heart disease or diabetes, you know, they have to be in their treatment plan probably for the rest of their life. And Well, um, yes, it's not, it, addiction isn't something that just goes away overnight. Um, that's very true. Where can people get your book? Um, well, if they want to download the, the ebook, they can just go to momslettinggo.com. Momslettinggo.com. Cool. Okay. Um, it's the paperback. It's kind of a journal where you journal, you answer a lot of questions and kind of takes you through seven steps. But um, you can get that at Amazon or Barnes and Noble, Google, any place where there's books. That's awesome. If you, if there was just one message that you could give to our listeners, just one takeaway, what would it be? 
I guess I, I call myself the chief hope builder. So it's just to um, always find the blessings because that in that lies your hope. So um, just to be filled with hope, I guess, find hope and um, make that your friend. That's awesome. Is your, thank you for that. Is your organization set up where people can call in if they need to talk to somebody? Do you have that as part of your organization? Just curious. Um, no, I don't. We do have a private Facebook group. I don't know if I can okay. say that, but yep. yeah, it's, so it's a support group and then we have support meetings right in that private Facebook group. It's just mom's letting go again. Mom's letting um, go. Okay. And so I, I run a lot of, I have a lot of speakers. I, I had a speaker in there this last week about um, parenting your grandchildren. So helping with some behavior tips, you know, just those things that can help moms cope with whatever they have going on. Yeah. Well, I admire you on many levels. I admire you and your husband on, you know, doing the good job that you did with your grandkids. I know that it's not easy. We have three grandchildren who just lived with us and their mom for a month. Nobody, oh. Nobody's an addict, but it was, it was quite the thing, two three-year-olds no, and a seven-year-old. So I applaud you doing that. And I am also super happy that your son and his wife have come out the other side. And I also applaud what you're doing with other moms. And I'm going to say it again, because I'm assuming that if a mom is in the situation, they just apply on the Facebook group and that's moms letting go, right? One word, no spaces. Yeah. Okay. Mom, no. Mom's letting go on Facebook. And that's huge because I think, you know, we've talked about this so many times on, on the podcast People don't want to talk about it. First, there's the, my son is not an addict. And then yeah. even if, if my son is, who do I talk to about it? What, where do I go? What do I do? And um, actually, in a few weeks, I think we're going to have the executive director of Learn to Cope back on the podcast because that's also a resource. And we like to give resources to people because we know it's, you know, it, it's not something that you necessarily want to share with your next door neighbor. No. Yeah. Not everybody understands. And, and uh, frankly, some moms would just be bitter about, well, why can't they choose their kids over their drugs? And I think, oh, that's that. Please, let's let's go back and educate you on that because they don't want to. Yep. So because um, why can't they stop? It's such a thing like, why can't he just stop or why can't she just stop? It's not that easy. Addiction is addiction. <laughs> It's in the brain. And I try to facilitate that. I try to show what happens with that. So they understand that the more, the better. But Joni, I just want to say to you and Steve, thank you for what you're doing, because I was blown away when I found your podcast, because you guys don't have anybody in your family with this problem. But yeah, you're you're doing all this um, for the epidemic and for families and those addicts. So no. Well done. Like, I'm, I'm just so glad that you're doing this and we need more people out there. So thank you. Well, thank you. We just, we don't want moms to go through it. We just don't. It breaks my heart even not going through it. And we had a mom on oh, a few months ago and her son died from addiction and I can't stand it. So that's why we do this. I'm so glad your son and his wife are 
for today. On the road yeah. to recovery. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very happy about that. So thank you for spending the time with us today. Once again, everybody, private Facebook group, uh, Moms Letting Go. And then the book is Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. And you should check it out. And you should reach out to Michelle on Facebook. Thank you again, Michelle. I'm a mom. I know I have moms listening to this podcast. I hope this was helpful to you. If you have an addicted loved one, I don't want you to lose them to addiction. So maybe this book of Michelle's called Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up, or maybe the private Facebook group, maybe they can help you and advise you so that you can come out the other end of your loved one's addiction in a better place than you are now. Please get help for your loved one if they need it, and don't wait. Do it now. We'll talk to you again next week. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, sponsored by Narconon Ojai. For more information on Narconon Ojai, call 866-231-5924 or visit www.narcononojai.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard.